And as you take your seat, if you'll turn with me to our scripture text this morning, which is taken from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, I'll be reading for you verses 3 through 14. It's on page number 1817 in your pew Bibles, in the Bibles there in the pew, if you want to turn to it, 1817 in those pew Bibles. You also have a bulletin insert, if you picked it up on the way in, that contains a sermon notes outline for you to follow along if I get lost or you get lost as we go along. This morning, we're looking at Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of His glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in Him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. In an unfriendly world full of rejection, God accepts, adopts, and approves us. That's good news. This morning, my question to you, or one question anyhow, is are you experiencing this God? What is your experience of God? How do you conceive and perceive of the God who has revealed Himself? What is your experience of this God? Some conceive and believe that God is an angry, scrutinizing, ready to come down on you if you step out of line. Watching and waiting, always disapproving. Some others conceive and believe God is kind of like 
Scrooge-like curmudgeon, grudgingly and slowly doling out his blessings like a slow-dripping faucet or a tightly gripped hand reluctantly giving. Some others conceive and believe that God is some impersonal or distant deity. Yes, he set the world in motion, but he stepped aside, disinterested, disconnected, at a distance from all youthly, all humanly existence. The force, or some higher power, perhaps. Some others conceive and believe God to be some doddering, old, gray-haired, semi-senile grandfather with gray hair and a gray beard, kind of a a mix between Santa Claus and your great-grandfather, semi-aware of his children's activities, watching over. Some others believe and conceive God as He has revealed Himself in His Word, holy, righteous, and just, also loving, gracious, long-suffering, and kind. How about you? How do you experience God this morning? This morning I want to consider this passage that expounds God's glorious personality and how he longs for you to see him. As Chip Ingram said in The True God, the book that he wrote, that you might experience God as he longs for you to see him. I love verse 3. So we think about God's blessings, blessings abounding. I've come to like to sign my name, to close my letters, my emails with the affirmation, blessings abound in our lives. All blessings flow from God. And verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Wow. As you go through this passage, count your many blessings. Count the blessings that are recounted by Paul in this passage. Over and over again, the Apostle Paul reminds us of God who is the blesser so that you might experience every spiritual blessing in Christ. Today, let the blessings flow in the Scripture and in our reading and hearing. For we have Paul's explosion of praise and doxology in this paragraph. This morning I want you to bask in the warm afterglow of God's love and mercy, His amazing grace, as we consider these things. There are three little words that bring rest, release, and refreshment of our soul as we consider how God accepts us, how God adopts us, and how God approves us. Receive God's 
abounding blessings this morning as you listen. Do you realize that you can be accepted by the riches of God's grace and God's grace alone, accepted in His presence? God accepts us because of Jesus. In contrast to the world's acceptance, from when we're little until we're old, we are striving, longing to be accepted in this world. Kids often struggle and strive to be accepted in today's youth society, to fit in, to make the grade, to be acceptable. As we grow to be adults, we're still living with the pain of rejection, perhaps memories of growing up, perhaps even now. Do you feel that you don't fit in, you don't belong, you're left out, excluded from the circles and cliques, even in a church? Could it be? This time of year, our high school seniors are in exultation, exultation and jubilation, celebration of graduation. Many have been accepted by the college of their choice, hopefully, having at one point waited on pins and needles. Am I good enough to get in, seniors? <sighs> Made it. Our college grads in these weeks are hoping to be accepted or employed by some career, job, vocation, even far more important, significant, than this world's acceptance in any form, consider God's acceptance of you. God's acceptance. The bad news is, as Hector dramatically demonstrated, we're not acceptable. All of us are sinful and unworthy, the Bible says. Plus, There's nothing we can do to make ourselves acceptable. But the good news is that Jesus has already done it. Jesus has made it possible for us to be accepted and acceptable in God's sight. That's what grace is. Verse 7, as I read, in Christ, in Him, we have redemption in His blood, the forgiveness of our sin. I'm accepted by the one who matters most. Yet, many of us are still feeling unworthy in our guilt and in our shame. We know the things that we've done, the places that we have done. We know deep in our souls. If he only knew this, well, I guess he does. He knows everything. Do you feel like you have a scarlet letter on your chest? A for adulterer. What about my divorce? What about my abortion? What about my lust, my lying, my dishonesty, my scandalous, slanderous gossip? I'm not worthy. But Jesus said, I've got you covered. 
I've got you covered. That's what atonement literally means. The word for atonement means covering. The blood of Jesus Christ covers all our sin and washes away our unworthiness. That's the good news, that God accepts us. Have you accepted God? Have you accepted Christ this morning? God's acceptance is not automatic. Listen, it's so important that you realize what the world misunderstands too often. God's acceptance is not automatic. We can't work for it. We can't apply for it. We can only receive it by faith. God's acceptance comes when we accept Him in Christ, by faith, into our hearts. Have you done that today? Have you personally accepted Christ into your heart that you might be accepted by Him? There's the biggest question you'll ever face. What will you do with Jesus? Have you received Him? I love to quote John chapter 1 verse 12. Yet to all who received Him, to all who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent or human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. This is good news. This is great news this morning. You can be accepted by grace alone. But wait, there's more. Not only can you be accepted, but you can be adopted. God adopts us into his forever family. If you receive him, you are beloved and chosen. Verse 5, in love he adopted us as his sons and daughters, I'll add, through Jesus Christ according to his good pleasure and will. I remember, among others, an old friend who was adopted into his family, chosen in love, into his love family, not his birth family. But he always struggled with the stigma of being adopted. He lived with a lifelong open heart wound of his birth mother, not Wanting him. Adoptive parents aren't my real parents, he would say. Yes, and that's sad. But Johnny was not unloved. He was especially loved and longed for and chosen, cherished, deeply loved. This family of an adoptive family, went to great lengths and great expense to bring him into their family. God has gone to great lengths and great expense to bring you into his family. It cost him dearly the life of his only begotten son so that we may all be in the family. We're all in the family if we accept him. Listen again. Point of clarification. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that all people are God's children. Sometimes you might 
hear about the universal fatherhood of God or that all people are God's children. No. There's a sense in which the Bible clearly teaches that we become God's children when we believe and receive him. Again, that verse I just quoted. You must be adopted into God's forever family. God is longing for you to come to him. He wants to welcome you into the family. Well, how do you get adopted? How do I become part of so-and-so family? Right? How, how would you become a Darby, for example? Acting like one? If you act like a Darby, well, that's not a good idea. Or dressing like a Darby? No. Behaving like a Darby? Living in the house for so long, maybe if I live there with them for at least, maybe if I come to church and hang out with them long enough, I'll be a Christian. Buy my way in? No. It's not how you become part of a family. Only by the Father's goodwill and good purpose. We are adopted into his family only by asking to be by faith. Wow. What a deal that is. First John 3, 1 John 3.1 Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called the sons of God. Do you know that scripture? Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Sounds like a song. Here we go. You know, I can't help it. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. How many have heard that before? Four. Oh, sorry, I didn't look over here. Sing this. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Again. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. That we should be called the sons of God. Again. That we should be called the sons of God. Easy, right? Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. That we should be called the sons of God. That we should be called the sons of God. You know, it's not a good sermon until you sing something. Sorry, you only have to put up for this for four more weeks. But you know, that's the way, my best way of memorizing scripture. Oh yeah, behold what manner of love the Okay. Think about it. God loves you. Behold what manner of love. One more time, John 1.12, yet to all who have received him. 
to those who have believed in His name. He gave the right to become children of God, children born of not of natural descent or human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. This is an incredible truth. He seeks us out. He prepares and provides a place for us in His home, in His family. Not as a guest, not as a visitor, not as a servant or hired hand, but as a full family member. Plus, He gives us and promises us a guaranteed inheritance as His child. No insignificant legacy. This inheritance from the King of Kings and Lord of Lords as princes and princesses of the King. The royal regal right to reign with Christ in heavenly places. This is a true rags to riches story. For he takes our filthy rags of sin and replaces them with robes of righteousness as his children. As the prodigal son came home, he put sandals on his feet. The father put a signet ring on his finger and a robe around his shoulder. God comes and welcomes you and adopts you into His family. But wait, there's more. God accepts us and adopts us and approves us. Did you ever long for parental approval? Many lives, many have lived their lives longing for their parents' approval and therefore are driven by an internal need for human applause and approval, affirmation. The result is an apparent or seemingly unquenchable thirst that never seems to be satisfied. The result is a lifestyle of people-pleasing, approval, addictions, never able to say no to a request. Sad to see some people so driven. What's driving these type A personalities? Some perfectionistic, uber-achieving, driven, and drivers. These people who were oftentimes miserable and making others miserable. Still seeking approval. Know that you can have divine commendation. If only all of us could feel God's approval. Impossible? No, possible. And necessary and attainable. Well, if I could be like Jesus, then possibly I'd hear God saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Right? If only I were like Jesus, but I know I'm not. God loves you has made you his own. It's possible and plausible to receive divine commendation. It's our destiny, in fact, the destiny of all of God's children. In love, he destined us to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Wow! This is what our destiny is. In Him we are chosen that we might be to the praise of His glory. 
This is blessing on top of blessing on top of blessing to receive the divine affirmation. I get a lot of motivational mileage when somebody says, good job. Maybe you do too. But over my years, I've found that people-pleasing is only a fleeting and temporary motivation. It wears off. Friends, as God's children, our goal is to please Him. 2 Corinthians 5.9 Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith and not by sight. We are confident, and I say, I would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord, so we make it our goal to please Him, whether at home in the body or away from it. Make it your goal to please God. We all long for ultimate affirmation, that eternal welcome, well done, good and faithful servant. God's affirmation of His faithful children. Beloved and blessed in abundance, I hope you're hearing it. I hope you're feeling it. I hope you're receiving it. As St. Paul said, I study to show myself approved, a workman who needs not be ashamed, not driven by some internal deficit or emotional need, but desiring and delighting in God's approving grace. This is the point of this passage. This is the power of this message. Maybe you've never accepted Christ. Maybe you've never asked God to make you his child, to be adopted into his family. Maybe your personal experience of God is impersonal and distant and detached. Hear God calling, come unto me, and I will give you rest. Come, you are blessed by my heavenly Father. Enter thou into his favor. Today be blessed in abundance and abundantly bless others. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the richness of your blessings in our lives. Oh God, enable us to hear and receive the fullness of these blessings that we might live richly in your presence and be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen.